Baddies, what is up? Do not mind my raspy voice. Your boy just did a little too much karaoke this past weekend. But anyway, just wanted to tell you guys that we have an awesome guest this week. Elias Martin, an old friend of mine, improviser, writer, and comedian. He is freaking awesome. This episode is amazing and is easily one of my favorites. Uh, we get deep, we get silly, we get sensitive, and I, I have a blast. And I hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I did. Enjoy the show. See ya. It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. Um, I'm not a big fan of being scared. I've never really been a big fan of um, horror. I'm not a, I've never been a big fan of Halloween. I've never been a big fan, and that's probably a hot take. Don't kill me, guys. Very controversial, yeah. Yeah, people love Halloween. Yeah, people man. People can't wait for it, and, you know, on the... September 1st they start the countdown for like next Halloween well it's the whole thing of being able to like uh, get as close to the edge without falling off it's why we play video games right <laughs> what Halloween's getting as close to the edge before you fall off yeah it's like it's we're associating like it's it's a day it's a season when everything's scary and associated with death people are holding bloody plastic knives we're watching these scary movies and putting ourselves in the positions of victims that are running away from a slasher knowing in the back of our mind that we're not gonna die at the end of this we love the thrill they're like you're describing a roller coaster almost yeah dude it's like it's the forbidden fruit right we like (laughs) tasting what we can't have i mean yeah we could have death but then like bye bye but it's right. getting like we love it's um it's that thrill. What chemical is that? If you're oh. riding a roller coaster, you're res- definitely receiving probably um, is that serotonin. I think it's serotonin. They're very wholesome. Let's break it down for the listeners because they didn't hear like our <laughs> conversation from an hour ago. We were talking about endorphins, about the happy endorphins that get released. There's four feel good chemicals in the brain. Yeah, let's talk about serotonin. The wholesome chemical. Very wholesome. You get them from laughing really hard or um, running releases serotonin. Running releases dopamine. Is that dopamine? Is it dopamine? I we just, I just looked this up we twice just in a row. About this. Well, serotonin is like the wholesome happiness. It's very the wholesome. it's the very broad sense of happiness, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Dopamine is like the reward system type of like endorphin. Right? Dopamine's like eating food. Um, masturbating is is dopamine. It's like a reward. It's a reward. <laughs> I think that masturbation it being yeah, the fact that ma- like that kind of release through masturbation or sex is a reward because like you worked for it. Yeah, absolutely. It a thousand percent just is. in like in the in the sense of stroking it and just like working for it and then boom, <laughs> release. That's dopamine. It's like an instant um uh thing to the brain. Same thing with food. Same thing with food. You get dopamine from eating food. You well, we were talking food. about this. It might have been like an evolutionary type of thing because hunter-gatherers back in the day literally had to work for their food. And when they got a food that they liked, their brain was like, yeah, this is good. Do more of this. More yeah, of do this more of thing. this. Like, yeah, hunt the mammoth. You get the meat. And, the, and then this is how we survive, right? And, and then it's um, oxytocin, yes, which is the love chemical that you yeah. get from like hugging a dog from or like flirting and it working and all flirting, that stuff crushing that's oxytocin mm-hmm. that's a fun one that's a really fun one. Oh yeah yeah i think that's like this i think that's because hmm. i told i said this earlier uh nervousness and excitement both release the same chemical in the brain so like when love you're really it. excited for something it's the same chemicals like when you're which really is nervous. why we can't like really differentiate the two prior to performing i think you can but like like well hmm. I feel like you know instantaneously. Like I've definitely been before a show and been like, I know I'm excited, or like mm-hmm. I know I'm nervous. Yes. But you can definitely change that mindset because it's the same chemical reaction. You can, 
I try to, when I am nervous, realize that I am just excited. And yeah. like nervous is like, it's it's me being afraid of what's going to happen rather than loving what I'm doing, right? Yes. Um, yeah, the fear and love contrast. Uh, Regardless, I love both of the feelings. I've said this plenty of times, but and Tony Bennett has uh, said this plenty of times. And uh, he's a world-renowned performer, and he says that he still gets nervous before every single performance. And the reason as to why he gets nervous is because he cares. When you stop being uh, nervous, then you've stopped caring. You have to be able to perform knowing that there are stakes. That edge, no? It's it's living on the edge, man. And that's all we really want to do, right? And then the last one is endorphins. And endorphins are the ones that you get from running, from exercising. Runner's high. Runner's there high is go. the best way I could put for endorphins. Isn't, wait, endorphins, is that the broad sense? Are these all endorphins being released or is endorphins its own thing? Those are chemicals. Oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin are all chemicals produced in the brain. Mm -hmm. Endorphins are, I think, hormones mm. um, Yeah, that you get from like working out, running. Um, there was another like example, but that's that's the best way I could put it. It's like the runner's high. Well, that makes sense. And it's um, I'm glad that this interaction, we've been hanging out for about an hour and a half now. And like I just saw you yesterday. We caught up at Pizza Pirate for another hour and a half. And I have to say that every single interaction and conversation I have with you is very productive. We like skip the small talk. I told you immediately when I saw you, I was like, you just got back from Chicago. You've caught up with a lot of people. What can we talk about? What can I ask you for it to be not the scripted like uh, catching up dialogue, right? Even in like life, it's not like, I mean, we always have like that scripted dialogue in the yeah. back of our head, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're talking about like, like, like exactly what I was saying earlier, like about, um, off being authentic, like if I'm not authentic, then I'm reading off of a script, right? Mm -hmm. My authentic self can like talk to you about like how I'm feeling yeah. like in the moment and can like check in and say things that are true and honest. But when I'm not being my authentic self, then I'm reading off of a script and saying what I think it is that I'm supposed to say, Yeah. right? What's a pro like I'm reading the room and being like, what's appropriate for, what are the appropriate responses that I can yep. say right now to just move things along? Yeah, to a certain extent, it is all scripted because we know that these sayings are general, broad enough, not offensive at all. For it to be, it's tried and true, and it, we, it's it's kind of like people saying like, uh, "How are you? I'm doing well. How how's your day? You know, it's going or some shit like that, right?" I I think yeah, no, you're right. There's I think there's two sides to that. One is a terrible question, and that's just like part of our vernacular. It's part of the lexicon of like the like the world, like the yeah. country that we live in. The question is, "How are you? How mm -hmm. are you doing today?" Um, and we have those immediate responses to just like get over the question and like not yeah. really acknowledge it because honestly that question could be a lot at times you know yeah. we've all been there but i think it's like i mean changing that a little bit to like um you know like what's going on today or even like assuming something being like as your day been pretty decent been decent and they can yeah. be like you know that allows it's like a different like train of thought just how you pose the words and whatnot when i was working at i was working at this uh bakery and um <laughs> i i was it getting that question all the time? People were asking me that. And it, I don't know. It, I'm, I mean, I got that question like before I started working at this bakery. But when I started working there and I started asking people that same question, like, how are you today? When I started to be the first person in the morning and then other people were coming in and I had to be the one to like check in with them yeah. on how they're doing and how I'm going to judge like like the pace that we're going to like work that day and how I'm going to like push the team or whatever. It definitely changed to like not how are you doing, which is such a broad sense. Mm -hmm. And it could mean you can pull anything from like your life to answer that question so yeah. it kind of is daunting to be like what do i show what part of myself do i show to yeah. answer this question and for the most part we take it safe and we say like fine good da, 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 da. unless you have an established relationship mm. with this person i want to know your thoughts on this and i've gotten flack from alejandro from like 
trying to be honest with this very small talk uh, question that is how are you I even with strangers if I'm just ordering something from like a, a coffee shop I take my time when they ask me how I am hmm. I, I, I do look around I do observe like however many hours I've been awake what the day's been like and I ask them like I'll, ask, I'll answer truthfully hmm. um, not super specifically because you know there are people behind me but I'll just say like yeah it's okay Mm-hmm. right or it's like it's a good day and it's not me just trying to get the conversation going along because that is etiquette it's me telling my most broad truth and i think people can tell that right like when you give that answer i'm sure people are responsive to being like yeah it is yeah. oh really yeah it is or like if, if they just okay like when it, when i say it's okay i'm like then then when they want me to expand then i'll take a second to expand mm-hmm. dude this whole fucking like small talk is so weird and i get praised for it and like i, I don't know what there's to do a, with it there's a purpose it serves a purpose i used to hate small talk because i thought it was i thought it was um useless i thought mm-hmm. it had no purpose and it definitely serves a purpose small talk serves a purpose to to make people feel comfortable to dive deeper small talk is there to tread water and then understand that like we're okay and then it's both it's supposed to not always but it's supposed to lead for segues for more difficult questions but that's on like individuals to like push those boundaries and ask those questions that's getting to know each other right yeah and i mean small talk's inevitable man like if you're at the bus i mean maybe not in today's day and age where nobody talks to anybody anymore crazy man and it, like it is like it's social interaction is so I was gonna say triggering like it's really hard to like um um dive deep into anything before it's like too much for like yeah. a stranger you know which is fair I guess because we've all got like our own thing going on but um the small talk definitely serves a purpose and mm-hmm. I had to learn to stop I don't want to say hate's a powerful word. I just really didn't like it. And I felt like Holden Caulfield in Mm -hmm. Catcher in the Rye when he's like, everybody's Mm -hmm. fake. Everyone's a phony. Yeah. All this small talk's fake talk. Nobody wants to say how they really feel. But that was just me being jaded. Like, I had the same problem that Holden Caulfield had in that book where I was like, why is everybody like, why does everyone have these boundaries? Why does everyone have their guard up all the time? It's like, well, dude, because the world's a scary place, man. Not everybody can just like bare their soul to everybody that walks through the door. It has its place. Small talk definitely has its place. It's like the little, it's the crack in the door and if the person wants to let you in then they'll let you in Mm -hmm. depending on the time and place and if we had the time to do it right there and then um i can't always get you there but it's definitely like the purpose there's a purpose behind it yeah definitely i mean and it just unless like you're the type of person that can only do small talk and you get uncomfortable like opening up a bit because it's supposed to segue if it's because it's supposed to segue to something bigger if you're if you're having small talk with somebody and the person is just not opening up yeah and then becomes like a one-sided like i'm divulging information or i don't want to pry this person open that's when it gets awkward what are we doing here yeah then what are we doing here if we're not for if it's not serving its purpose to like get us to something deeper to have a genuine connection or to connect on anything. A lot of the times, and like they say growing up, growing up is tough. You know why? Because as we grow up, we're putting on more filters while simultaneously we're looking for ourselves. We're searching for self-awareness and self-enlightenment. But what I appreciate is the 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 life of a child. Since they think of nothing, they, they they believe nothing has consequence. They speak without filter. Mm-hmm. And there's something beautiful about that. There's something so authentic, authentic about being a genuine. child. Yeah. Think about, do kids know small talk? No. They'll go up to you and they'll be like, hey, I like your shirt. Like, what does it mean? I was going to say the opposite. Kids are like, 
you look bad today. <laughs> like they have no, they have no filter. I worked at the summer. So <laughs> I told you this. I worked, I worked with, uh, I worked at a lot of summer camps and this last one that I worked at, I stayed with the kids in the bunk and I lived with them in the bunk and they have no filter. And it's like two extremes, like literally like, like you look tired, Elias, like you look bad. Hmm. But then there's the other side where like, they just like hype you up. Like I remember this one time I got dressed, to, like go out like to like yeah. um to a bar or whatever and i was wearing like street clothes mm -hmm. and then the boys were like wow okay you know like they were like we uh -huh. see you Elias. we yeah, see yeah. these 13 year old boys like hyping me up and it made me feel so good so good so good it was a reward i definitely got the i got the the dopamine, dopamine yeah yeah oh no it was probably serotonin because it was wholesome it was very wholesome happiness okay i guess so I, it was probably serotonin we're gonna be way. we're gonna be confused this entire episode <laughs> if we're gonna be referencing <laughs> like <laughs> dopamine and serotonin the entire time sure. i made me feel good period it made me feel good but it's go. like they they didn't they weren't filtering themselves and saying it because they felt like a compliment needed to go here yes they said it because that's how they felt in the moment yeah and in that moment it was cool but then in the next moment where when they're like um screaming at me to help them get you know matt to stop touching nick's stuff mm -hmm. um that does not make me feel good at all but like they're i mean talking about unlearning things and having all these filters on there I feel like I'm trying to get back to where I was at a kid, as mm -hmm. a kid. Like, like you said, like as we put on like all these filters, and the conversation that we had the other day, where it's like you can feel yourself when you're being an authentic, yeah. like when you're in a social situation and something happens, a stimulus happens, somebody says something, you're in like a circle and someone comes in or something happens, and you can feel yourself like, you can feel your thought in this way, and your mind's like. This is this might not be appropriate. This might hurt mm -hmm. somebody. Mm -hmm. This might not be the right thing to say, but this is what I'm thinking right now. Right. And then you like change the dialogue. You say what you're you say not what you're thinking, but what is appropriate to say in the moment. Yes. And you're and I'm denying myself that inauthenticity or I'm denying myself that authenticity by changing myself. And the filtering myself. The real question is that there's so many factors, but the real question is like where is the line between being polite? because society has engineered us to be that way, but going so far that we are sacrificing our own authenticity and integrity, right? I'll tell you where the difference is. The difference is between, the difference happens when you go from a community to a society. Yeah. I think that's the big mm, difference. Yes. So uh, this is also just speaking from summer camps because summer camps aren't society. We live in a society. You live in a house. I live in a house. There are streets. We both have jobs. We're with people everywhere. In a summer camp environment, it's very much a community. You know everybody, summer camp staff. I mean, the one that I used to work at was like 60. The private co-ed one I worked at was like 200, which is a lot bigger, but still like 200 people, you could you can see all their faces. You can yeah. shake 200 people's hands over the course of seven weeks. It's, yeah, definitely possible. So in that context, like it's definitely different when you have like that confrontation, whereas it seems it seems so much more absurd and like there's such like a lack of meaning in society. But like in, in a community... It almost like it's like a I don't want to say microcosm, but it's very much like a small, very 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 small town. Or as, and I don't want to say family. Um, that was honestly a big pet peeve of mine at summer camps, or just mm. in general when you're like with a group of people and you're together for more than a week, and someone says we're like a family, mm. we're like a family. And I get it if that's like your thing and you really love your family, like that's really cool. But in my experience, a family has always been like the most what you call it. Um, um, hard to get along with group of people. Ah, oh, I see. Okay, in that sense, uh, that's why you don't like it. Yeah. I thought you were going from the perspective of when someone says, the analogy of like when someone says, I love you to anyone, mm. right? I, I, that's, that's something that I've 
had an issue, not an issue, but something I'm learning to grow, grow with. I've like, I grew up with a lot of like affectionate people that just say like, that'll meet a person, know them for like three weeks and be like, I love you. I love you, man. When that word has so much weight to it. And like, I, when I say it, I want to mean it. That's, that's, that's a really good point. Right. And then like when people say like, they've hung out for like three, four weeks and be like, we're like a family. And just like, now we're, I get that. No, we're not until, <laughs> until I, I'm, I'm, I feel that it is appropriate to say that with people. I feel like that is appropriate to say, I love you to someone once you've had conflict with them. Right. Yeah. Once you've had conflict or like a stressful situation and you see how the person reacts and you meet mm-hmm. each other on the, on the other end of it. Yes. With you, let's use, let's use our dynamic. For instance, I, I hold you near and dear to my heart. But we haven't had conflict to make us that much closer, right? The closest we've had to like, it's not even conflict. We perform together. We know what it is to be uh, under pressure in the spotlight of performance. And that brings us an inch closer. But until that moment where like Mm. we have a disagreement and we get to the other side of it, that's when I will feel that like we are, let's say, brothers. A bond. bond, yes. I think that's something... Stress is a huge bond creator, and I heard this. Um, it was who was it? I can't remember. It was it was someone on YouTube was giving like a lecture, and they were talking about they were talking about bonding, and they were actually talking about chemicals that are produced like in the brain when they bond, and they broke it down into into genders. And what you're talking about here reminds me serotonin. Of- <laughs> I'm gonna label it right now. They with said confidence. That, they said that when they said that typically, generally speaking, typically when when people who identify as males bond. It's um, usually through stress. Mm. So like like people that have like served together or like worked in stressful positions or performed together or gone through something or had yes. that conflict where they're where they're stressed out, that creates bonds in people typically that identify as male. Mm-hmm. Exclusively, no, but but typically, sure. And then speaking to gender, um, typically speaking, from what I understand, the opposite end of the spectrum is females, and they bond when they feel safe mm. so not stressed out but if you but when you feel safe around somebody that's where the bond and that's where the connection comes from exclusively females no no of course not generally yeah. speaking sure yeah oh interesting i like and i've noticed that i've noticed that i mean we have this thing in common where we grew up around a lot of women yeah which is why we're more in tune with like our emotional side sensitive side things that are like uh, that are known to society as stereotypically uh feminine traits right Yes, traditionally and, feminine traits. Yeah. And something I've noticed with like bonding with my cousins or like uh, uh, female friends is that like they'll say like I feel safe around you, mm. and that's something like I've I've never heard from like a, a male counterpart. Like you I've, know what else I've never heard from a guy? What? I don't have any friends. I don't have any friends. Yeah. No, I've never really heard. I've that. never heard any of my guy friends complain no. about not having friends. No, they're just kind of like yeah, I like my alone time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I mean, I also don't feel like men are encouraged to rely on other men. No, man, we're private. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm I've become more and more transparent with my I think it was just like, yeah, it was just yesterday. I told you like, yeah, man, like I cry once a week. 
Yeah. It's kind of just like it's a what, what did we make it analogous to masturbation, right? And we just kind it's of cathartic. Said like, it's a it's a release. It absolutely is. A it release. is a release. There's a release. There's a build up. We gotta do it every now and then. I mean, and it it it, it brings clarity after. It absolutely brings clarity. Yes. Oh post cry God, clarity. Yeah. They both 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 <laughs> post cry and post nut both like alleviate so much. Yes, dude. After if, it. it is a Venn diagram that are so close <laughs> together. <laughs> Right, crying and masturbation Venn diagram. Absolutely. Honestly, we might be the first two people in the world <laughs> to have crafted this diagram. I'm gonna draw this up later and see exactly what is exclusive to crying and what is exclusive to masturbation. Mm. I, it's very possible. Like these are two things because they're just like they're both emotional. <laughs> I just, I'm thinking. I'm basically thinking of the difference between like dopamine and serotonin because I know oh, dopamine you, you get from masturbation. That's crying. Dopa- what is crying? That crying's probably serotonin. No. Afterwards, right? There's no reward. I mean, because I feel like I work for a cry. Sometimes I do work for that cry. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You you have to put in work to cry. It depends on the situation. When I feel that it's like it's a it's it has to happen, the the filters that are built into me from being a man in this society I see what you're saying. naturally block my make it difficult for me to like just have it come out, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have I, I have triggers that I have uh, that I have narrowed down uh, to be able to like, okay, this is gonna make you cry. I've said it before on this podcast, and I'll put the link up again. It's Eddie James's live rendition of "I'd Rather Go Blind." Mm. And me being a vocalist, and me being like a musical being, there's something just, and me missing performing so mm-hmm. much and seeing this live performance. There, there's something about it, right? It's a very heartbreaking song, but I don't have like. Uh, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing, I'm not going through a breakup, mm-hmm. I'm engaged right now, so it's nothing about that, but it's more so, I, I have to relate to it about, like, the lack of being able to perform as a singer on stage in front of a group of people, and, like, you know, also, like, the chords and all that, that makes me cry, mm-hmm. and me knowing that I have to put that on to cry is me working for that cry, therefore it being a reward, therefore me thinking maybe it's dopamine. I can, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, and I can I can empathize with that. I've definitely had moments where I can feel it welling up, and I try to like allow myself to like emote like what it is that I'm feeling. But then there's just like some part of me that's like, no, no, don't acknowledge it. No, yeah. no. Like um, specifically, I remember being at that summer camp and like not feeling very good about my time there. Um, and I remember I just like we they, they took us out to like um, like a uh, a lake house, right? Like one on one of our off days, they took us all to a lake house. And I just like took off and I walked down the road from this lake house and I just like walked and walked and walked and I found like this little like park like underneath some trees and I just like parked it there and I was like going through my journal and just like rereading it. And I remember like while I was walking, like I had all these feelings and I could like feel some tears coming, but like I wasn't, I wasn't feeling all of it, you know, Mm -hmm. like some things were like leaking out. And then I sat down and I read through my journal and all of a sudden just like poured out and it definitely is like contextual. It's definitely, and this is just like me personally speaking, but I have to be like, feel very, very... I guess like in touch, very, very safe, like to allow myself to like, like let it all go. Cause otherwise like I'm just not, otherwise I feel not, maybe not stressed out, but like, I don't, I mean, I've told you this, I'm not totally comfortable and I'm probably not alone with this, with letting every, with letting everybody know everything about myself. Of course. Um, I definitely consider myself an open book and I'm not afraid to like answer questions, but I'm definitely not eager to lay it all on the table yeah um and maybe that's why i i don't want to say i have a hard time crying because i still cry i are man 
do I think more or less than the next guy? I would say more than the next guy, to tell you the truth. Mm. I feel like men don't. I feel they like don't, straight dude. up they don't. They hold it back. I think that's an easy uh, question to answer if you already have to ponder upon it. Mm-hmm. I think the average man has to say that, like, I don't, I don't really, I don't remember the last time I cried. It, yeah, uh, yeah, and it would the, the last time that it probably was was something like either completely unconsequential that yeah. um, things like welled up and they couldn't contain it anymore, or was something like incredibly consequential, like a huge traumatic life experience yeah. that like changed them forever. Yeah. Um, other than that, like nobody's crying over like groceries. I feel like a lot of the time the narrative is for men to just deal with it. No. Yeah, it's they just deal with it. They they let it build up, and it usually does not come out as sadness. It comes out as mm. anger, which is where that common trope of like the 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 upset man, you know, like the or isolation, aggression. Yes, or, or isolation. Like just let me deal with it. Just let me just give me my time. Just let me deal with it. Which is crazy. Which is why, like you know, I I. I I'm upset with like what movies and like old school media have portrayed or like old school families, traditional families, let's say, saying like, you're a boy, don't cry, suck it up, man. Mm. Right? Mm. As opposed to a daughter, it's like, okay, if they cry, but like, nah, dude, we're all just human at the end of the day, dealing with emotions. Mm-hmm. Let me cry. I, I was I was labeled as a crybaby when I was younger. And that makes so much <sighs> sense because growing up, you know, cried over things and Christian's a crybaby, he's going to cry again, he's going to cry again. Boom. Okay, come like the fifth grade. I'm like, Toughen up, Christian. Toughen up, Christian. You're not going to cry. And so since I held that back, now my sensitive side has come back. And now I'm just like, it's, it's cool to cry. It's being sensitive. It took me a long time to like really confidently say being sensitive is a strength. Mm-hmm. For a long time, I think, I also think it's a very guy mentality to be like, I don't care. To be yeah. like, oh, yeah, no big deal. To just like brush it off. And I realize not caring isn't a strength not mm-hmm. caring is coping yes is them being like oh it's no big deal but mm-hmm. they're not really dealing with things they're just like trying to like minimize all their problems yeah, even dude. if they're like a really even if it is like a really big issue ah oh, no it's not a big deal it's oh, escaping whatever. and Absolutely. in my and if we're gonna be like judgmental about like our uh emotional reactions escaping the reaction by saying it's no big deal is more cowardice than just like crying right there on the spot man it's but because it because emotions are s- considered so feminine, yeah, definitely like mm. cowardice. Like if I were to do this, that's not who I am because I'm a man. Yeah, and in in it's difficult for I think men specifically to break the cycle if there's no like role models out there. Like you know, like to like um, that is true. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I think I'm able to do it because, like we said, I've been surrounded by women. So I've seen people do it, not specifically women. Women are people, right? So I've seen people do it, and that enabled me to be like, oh, this is how you do it. You just like talk about it, you confront it. It's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and you be honest. But thinking about it now, um, n- no, like I can't, I cannot, I can think of one time I saw my uncle cry. I'm thinking of my stepdad my uncle and my biological father never seen my real dad cry i've only seen my stepdad like tear up i think i'm not even convinced he was like he might have been allergies or something (laughs) i swear to god and then my uncle i only remember him crying one time and it was like super briefly over a story that was kind of weird um it was um i'll tell it to you because it's a weird story man it was weird for him to cry over it so um 
context. My uncle is my scoutmaster. This is when we were at Boy Scout camp. My uncle, who's my scoutmaster, was also a gang member in the 90s and early 2000s. Shit. He served time in county jail, and he also served time at San Quentin uh, Maximum Security Prison, wow. which is the only maximum security prison in California. And he's he spent um, he spent time there. He has street cred. That is like he that has is street cred. That you just that was a rap song. <laughs> Put into like um, this 10 is seconds. a little tangent, but I told you he recently went back because he called the police for domestic abuse on his yes. wife, and they yes. arrested him because he has a Crazy, record. Dude. So when they brought him to the county jail, he has a bunch of tattoos, mm-hmm. right? Like um, gang tattoos, uh, and so he shows up, and all the the guys are working out in the the yard, mm-hmm. right? So he takes off his shirt, he starts working out, and everybody like started giving him respect. Yeah. He was telling it to me, and it was weird because he was it seemed like he really liked it. It seemed like he really liked being inside of prison. Everyone's like, "Oh, hey, OG, OG, yeah, hey, use my bench. Oh, OG, you need anything?" Like he has cred. Well, of course, because that's like, dude. At the end of the day, like we're all trying to survive in the animal kingdom, and we're yeah. gonna try to find ways to validate ourselves, even if it's within prison. Right? His, his survival looked a lot different than what i had to do to survive but um and maybe i don't know he has his own thing so anyway yeah that's like who he is um he was telling me this story about how uh uh this is a very adult story i was i don't know 15 16 at boy scout camp and he's telling this to the troop we're like around a campfire and he's talking about like a really pretty girl he met who was like going to school and he was like talking to her and he almost had sex with her. And he said he was about to have sex with her. They were like in the room. He could tell it was going to happen. But then he was like, no, I can't do it because it's going to mess up this girl's life because mm-hmm. he saw that wow. his life was going down this direction. And he was like, I can't involve her in that because she's just like too good. She has to live her own life. That's so interesting. And he was like sniffling and he was like, you know, and like I could have done it, but it was uh, wouldn't have been wouldn't have been good for her. And like you could tell like he really had I mean, what was the emotions behind it? It was probably like him realizing just like the consequences of the decisions of his life at Mm -hmm. that time and he went on to make many more decisions with many more consequences like even to this day but he that was the only time i've seen him cry was when he was talking about not having sex with somebody because it would have ruined their life i wow that's like um I get that. I mean, like, I I don't have any similarities <laughs> with the guy. It's not like it was just like, if I have sex with this girl. I'm like, going to ruin her life. I'm going to I'm drag her down. so hardened. I'm so hardened. Um, I think it's a good thing that he realized it. Because tell you the truth, I think a lot of, the, a lot of guys, um, I mean, this is something I know about myself. A lot of guys will just, like, have sex with somebody to see if they can. Like, not even because they like Dude, the person. No, th- exactly. That's what I wanted to applaud him for. I mean, like, it's a beautiful thing that, that makes him so emotional because he understands, like, the very far-off consequence, right? That's not the immediate consequence, but it is a hypothetical consequence down the line for him to have, like, sexual relations because feelings get attached. They have a romantic chemistry. They they pursue a relationship and he gets into some shit and now, now she's dragged into it, right? Yeah. That's a beautiful thing because like innately as a... As a man, we just want to spread our seed. We don't think about the consequence. We're, we want to put our <laughs> we want to put our penis into anything, and then once we eject, want the post nut clarity is the part where it's revealed to us like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, right? <laughs> Even then, most guys are just like, I'm, I shouldn't have done that, but damn, right? Because we're dumb boys at the end of the fucking day, dude. I hear someone say men are dogs. Men are dogs, and I agree. Yes. Men, men are super loyal. 
but they'll they'll hump a pillow if it look if it's like bent over in the right way. And yes. they're not they're not thinking about it. If it they're looks not thinking at you the right way. No, they just want to like spread their seat. They're just like happy and excited to like be with you, so they're gonna like hump your leg until yes. like until completion. They have no idea that it's like causing problems. They don't understand yeah, the 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 wide scoped consequences of what they're doing. I mean, even though like, yeah, go ahead, hump the pillow. It's not gonna change anyone's day. Mm-hmm. But in the analogy of like, you it's know, it's gonna make the room awkward, but it will make that. Mm-hmm. But we connect with dogs, sadly, because it's in our biology to want to hump everything. Right? <laughs> Procreation, sure. It's like a visceral, yeah, visceral, like um, caveman. Yeah. That's how we advance the human species. I never understood it, dude. I never, like, I, I, was, I was a late masturbator. Um, the first time I watched porn was on the Nintendo Wii. Um, mm. Yeah, very, very. <laughs> I don't think anyone else in the world watched porn for the first time on the Nintendo Wii. So right? you watched it on a big screen, like in your living room? Like not in the living room, no, because my <laughs> okay. Nintendo. It was my personal Nintendo <laughs> okay. Wii, so it was like on a medium sized screen. Uh, I had the Wii Mote in one hand and like you know my my penis. Your other Wii Mote in the other hand. My Wii Wii Mote in the other hand, and so like no one talking to me. Like yeah, I had taken some like uh, sex ed classes. Or, you know, they teach it in school. But, like, no one ever really talked to me about what sex was, right? About what that all all that stuff was. But after, even prior to that, like, going through, like, adolescence and puberty, like, I can already feel like, oh, I'm turning into a dumb boy because I'm willing to do anything for a girl that I want to reproduce with. What's that called? A simp? You're simping over this? Dude, world? yeah. I'm uh, super simp. I mean, I'm a, I was a hopeless romantic, yeah. and I was willing, to, you know, like a, a hug from. I'll my... change. I'll change for you. Let me know. Just let me know what you want, and I'll and I'll be it. Yes. I'm gonna forget myself, and whatever you want, I will fit that mold. My first girlfriend. I was thinking that. I was just like, you're. I'm infatuated with you. You're gonna be the one. Um, you've had multiple boyfriends, so I'm obviously the one fucking up here. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. so like, let hmm. me change, and you're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's not how relationships work. It's not a healthy dynamic. No, hell no, dude. That's why I'm not in that anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of figuring out. It's a lot of like um, figuring out what other people want and figuring out others, other people's needs. But like the whole process is so confusing. And even when you even when you begin to figure out yourself, like the whole process of getting to know somebody else while you're figuring out yourself and then Ugh. you decide to go down that path together. Ugh. Like, I mean, you're doing it right now, and congratulations again on you. Thank you, engaged. dude. It's, it's like tough. It's, it's all tough. Yeah. Even like eight years in, we I'm still like, we're still, we just went out to dinner today and we're still learning stuff about each other, right? That's the beautiful thing, man. You can't, you're not going to be, you're not going to be done learning, right? It's always going to be like this process of figuring it out. No. Love it, dude. You can't get too comfy in this long mm-hmm. of a relationship, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. because that's where the danger comes in. You have to catch yourself being, being comfy, man. And, uh, you, you want to, you want to like yearn to learn, right? Like it's, uh, like, yeah, I'm thinking of that scene in Rick and Morty when, um, they go to the cleanse and they get like their, their like uh, undesirable parts of them like flushed out and then Morty's like, um, he's working like the stock exchange and he's like, you know, made millions and he's got that. Killing uh, it. Yeah. 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 He's killing it. And, um, uh, um. He's like hitting on the girl and he is like, I want to work for you. I want to clock in. I want to clock out. I want to get promoted. I want to get fired. I want (laughs) overtime. I want to know what makes you so smooth. Yeah. So smooth. Yeah. 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 That's what I think of when I think of that. I, 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 um, are you a smooth talker? I mean, you seem like, um, an individual, like it's obvious that 
45 minutes into Damn this uh, podcast that you, you got a good mouthpiece on you. And th- this is just like casual platonic conversation. Again, I think it's contextual. I think um, we talked about this a little bit yesterday when we were catching up. But mm. I think just personally, like on my life's journey, I feel more comfortable being confident. And that's basically yeah. it, right? Like saying how you feel and um, realizing that and realizing that the fear of suffering is not as bad as the suffering itself. Mm. So like when you're. Yes. A, yeah. Yes, dude. It's the anticipation to run into conflict and to, uh, it's anticipating the consequences of like conflict, dude. That fear of suffering. I'm going to suffer for this. Dude, it's in, it's anxiety, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's I, never as bad as the actual suffering. No, dude. Because like the actual suffering is so quick, right? Mm-hmm. We're scared of every, we're scared of our imaginations are wild. Mm-hmm. Because we've been hurt, we've felt pain before, mm-hmm. and so we're def- we, our guards are up, and we're thinking about the next time it might be worse, and we have to be prepared. For and then it. we become jaded, and then we start, and then we really start limiting ourselves. Yeah, dude, getting jaded is like there's a healthy amount of like getting jaded so that you get rid of some of your of na- your naivete, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Not falling for anything, you stand for something. Yes. So there's a certain amount, yeah. but too much. Too much jade is just like, yeah, it's, it's In not In my healthy. opinion, it makes you not fun to be around. Yeah. Um, I have this like weird theory that like life is about balance, right? Mm-hmm. In everything. So I, I, uh, I've learned that with, uh, we were talking about small talk and uh, usually like a way that I, I tread some conversations where I'm not, where I don't know my own opinion on it. I usually just add to an extent to the end of the statement. Can you give me an example? So it's just like, um, uh, the way to go about life is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable to an extent. <laughs> like a small little like asterisk. Yeah, and no one, no one combats it is the hmm. wild thing. Hmm. So just like say something else. Just like I don't, I don't like Thai food to an extent because <laughs> I love Pad Zu and I, but I don't like Pad Thai. You're like saying a statement, but then like leaving room for editing. Afterwards. Yeah, dude, it's kind of just like you don't you're you're not you're not um locking yourself into this exactly answer. you're leaving the door open shout out silk sonic but uh <laughs> you're you're that's what it is mm-hmm. well like you know i'm like i'm like <laughs> or like i really don't like puerto ricans to an extent to an extent <laughs> and you're just like that guy's not that racist yeah <laughs> to an extent right it's just like it could keep going right right, to, right and right. like the word to an extent is like it's like sophisticated enough where like I mean, someone just dealing with the small talk won't really question it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's just a weird theory, a weird tangent and whatnot. I think, no, what you're talking about, like serving small talk and just like these are tools that we have in our tool belt to like talk to people, mm-hmm. right? All we, I mean, we've got these toys and stuff, right? That yes. we collect through our life. But like all we really got like is other people. And that's the hard part about life, I think, is navigating these social interactions. Because like I said, we get jaded. We get caught up in our own perspective. We learn to like filter ourselves. And it's all social. It's all social. As much time as we spend alone, like we spend, I think, more time like around people. Yeah. Unless you are um, to the point where you are consciously deciding that you do not like to be around people. And if that's your thing, that's totally Totally cool but as long as you're not limiting yourself like if that's where you feel comfortable and that's your happy place totally cool but if it's limiting your yes. growth then i mean i would really reevaluate some things but that's like if i could speak from my own personal experience so i'm just not like saying they them the universal you yeah. like 
I think through um, my life, like when I was younger, I think I was very, very extroverted. And I feel like as we go through life, we change that extroversion to introversion. We figure out like what we want and yeah. how we interact with people. <clears throat> like I was really easy to make friends with everybody. I was so very gregarious and friendly growing up. And then I learned to like filter myself. I learned that I make mistakes in mm -hmm. social situations. So I had to limit how many chances I take so I don't risk those mistakes. Yeah. And then unlearning that because those social mistakes when I was younger probably had nothing to do with me, but more or less the context. And it was really just, you know, learning about like how to interact, how to human, yeah. how to human appropriately, how to just like be a person and to like not act normal, but to like act like myself, to like act like a person would act. Um, I totally lost my train of thought about where I was going with this. No, I mean, um, I think what where you're going was you you were it was so easy for you to make friends and i think what it comes down to i think what the through line of this podcast is is just like and something we've been talking about for the past two days is like authenticity man you you've yeah. you've learned how to like you've learned to take uh less risks because like you could lose friends mm -hmm. that way right to be if you're reckless with your actions to wrap it up i think i didn't realize this because i was young and i wasn't thinking i was just doing right yeah i love people I love people. Yes. I'm definitely an extrovert. When I hang out with people, I get coins. With mm -hmm. people that I like and I have conversations like this that I seek out, I get so many coins. I feel mm -hmm. so fulfilled. And then as life goes on, there was like, you know, everyone has like their own BS that they deal with. Stuff happens. Life happens. Life hits you pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I hate people. I hate them. And I closed myself off. I started limiting myself. I started acting like I think I know where people are going. Or I started acting like I know people better than they know themselves. Mm. Which is just kind of rude. Yeah. Um, and it took me unlearning that and then realizing that both are true. I do. I love people. But I also hate them. But yeah. I also love them. Well, the problem is, is that like with, with people, they're not all the same. We have similar tendencies and trends because we are the flawed human species mm -hmm. but since that we are so diverse in terms of our personality and everything it's okay to hate and love them all at the same time and but I feel like I, it's contextual it's all contextual i think it has a lot yes. to do with timing and then those connections that you can have with like humans like like if you were to draw the camera like back far enough like we are all human at the end of the day yeah i think if we were to remove all of our bs like i think I'm pretty gregarious. I think I could get along with pretty much anybody. Yeah. Um, excuse me. I had a burp. But um, okay. for how long? I don't know. Yeah. You know, but like at a very base level, I'm sure that like there's some common ground I could find with like a lot of people because I think at the end of the day, we all kind of want the same thing. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we all just want like a prosperous life for like us and our family. But like what that looks like is different from like group to group, person yeah. to person, household to household. I mean, it. You're right. It is contextualized. It is. Uh, it is depending on the situation and and for how long. I love that you said that because, like, at some point, even with your favorite people, you're gonna run into that conflict that makes you closer. Yes. 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 And that, but some people, because they're so jaded, run into the conflict and don't stick around long yes. enough. To they, wait for what kind of bond that created. They think they know what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, I've been here before. It's all the same. It's I like, know. It's this thing I've spoken about before. It's like, uh, I think right now with the social media age, we're running into the the bad bitch mentality. Mm. You hurt me once, I won't let you hurt me again. We are afraid to give chances. 
even though we are meant to fuck up because when we fuck up, that's when we grow, right? Yeah, this is tough for me because like it's like you don't you don't like yes, we're all we're all gonna fuck up, right? Yes. We're humans, we're all still figuring it out. And that should be the worst trait in a person. The worst trait a person should have is they're just still figuring it out. That they're still trying to get themselves to like be the best version of themselves. Yes. But a lot of people aren't trying to do that, right? Yes. Yes, it's the attempt. A lot of people give up or a lot of people are complacent with who they are as a person, which is like it's I don't know, it's so convoluted because like yes, we society does preach like be happy with who you are. Be satisfied. You don't got to change for anyone. But there's also this other end of the thing is like stay hungry, stay motivated, changing, be a better person every single day. Changing yourself and growing as a person. Oh, yes. Oh, you're the only person that's ever said this to me because though I'm sorry to like have interjected like that, but I feel okay. passionately about this because change and growth are two things that might seem synonymous, but are very, very different. Not only because of the uh, the positive and negative connotation that they have with uh, with what the word is, but mm-hmm. because like it's there's actual meaning to it. Continue, please. No, they're they're definitely just like different things, and I think growth is honestly like very healthy and that's what we should all be striving to Mm. do it happens naturally until a certain point right and your brain stops developing being at like 25 26 Mm -hmm. and then it's on you to like take everything that you've learned up to that point and like take it with you forward with like your fully developed body and like understanding that you're not done learning you still have more figuring out to do but you're fully developed and that you're capable of handling what the world has to throw at you because you are tough you are strong right um, you are fortified in your in your in your growth. Yeah. Change. I think there is positive and negative change, and I think a lot of the positive change comes from conscious change, and a lot of the negative aspects of change come from subconscious change. I.e., trauma, childhood trauma. I.e., trauma. Right. I.e., uh, well, I guess that's like a huge thing. Yeah. So childhood trauma. A lot of it's trauma, trauma from relationship, dude. and you mm-hmm. don't realize or deflection, like what we talked about when you're trying to like deal with something, and you're deflecting onto something else. Mm-hmm. Like that's you changing because you're not dealing with stuff um, you're not shining a light on this part of your your psyche of of yourself it's me saying so you don't get to grow there exactly it's 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 the your typical male saying i it's no big deal no big deal yeah it's just like no it's just like whatever dude yeah uh, it's just like yeah stacy could just like no it's cool you just want the right people for each other it's fine yeah it's like it's <laughs> It's just like, you know, it's just, um, you know, I'm not hurt at all. It's just like, no, I'm cool. I'm like, cool. no, nah, dude, like, I'm just like, I'm the, I'm, I'm the alpha for my lacrosse team and <laughs> I'll find someone else. I'm the strong silent type. Yeah. I was just, I, that's it. I'm not going to talk much of it because I'm the strong silent type. I just let it go. Yeah, dude. I just let just it like, go. I'm just focusing on like, you know, my sports and my, my scholarship. So it's just like, it's fine. Right, mom and dad like they they're they're fine. That's the stuff that's gonna like boil over into like a mental illness when you're older, or like make you have like road rage and blow up at like yeah, you know, the forty five year old driver that's behind you, mm-hmm. or the person in front of you, or like the little kid that like steps on your your shopping cart or something. Yeah, dude. Like and, it comes out eventually, and in the wrong places. So if you have control over it, make sure it comes out in the right places. Right. In a safe there are space. lots of healthy outlets, man. The unfortunate part is that they're not always accessible or available to everybody. That's right. That's right. Fucking therapy is so expensive to those that w- seek it but can't get it. Right. Shit like that. I just moved back from Chicago and I started doing therapy in Chicago and I was talking to my roommate about this. And she told me because my roommate is super smart. She's really freaking cool. She is a uh, 
she was a producer for WBEZ. She recently transitioned to like a new, um, to the education department at WBEZ Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was talking to me about, um, there were in Chicago, they were apparently on the forefront of free mental health. There mm-hmm. were like an abundancy of Love mental, it. of free mental health clinics on the West side and on the North side, um, of Chicago. And then as time went on, governors, mayors are like, why are we spending so much government funding on this mental health stuff like yeah. what, what purpose is this serving and you'll never guess like what happens when they close down the mental health the free mental health facilities right like crime goes up of course um you know like domestic abuse goes up mm-hmm. um all that stuff so i mean this is like a huge topic that we could spend a whole another hour talking about like mental health in our country but like it's not accessible it's not available but it's it's necessary yeah. and there are so many more healthy coping mechanisms that are available but it's about the individual to like try them out and see what works and what doesn't work like if you're waking up every day in a bad mood then like it's on you to try painting it's on you to go for a walk it's on you to start a martial art or literally anything to like try and have some healthy healthy habits that are going to take you out of that mindset um to try to like try and grow and not get so like stuck and jaded and like I know myself I know how the world works I already know what's gonna happen I know people because mm-hmm. like we don't really know like we no. know we know a thing or two we'll walk through this life and like learn what what kind of foods we like yeah what kind of music we're into or like you know the spots that we like to go to or like where we want to be like I want to see Spain or yeah. stuff like that like we know we know a thing or two but like knowing it all knowing the truth no we'll never, never no never we're never even gonna get close to the truth we'll know our truth whatever that means to us and whatever that means to our listeners that's the best journey figuring out our own i mean that's what we're talking about right like the personal journey like through life figuring out who we are figuring out who we are and having empathy i think go hand in hand Mm -hmm. like you can't you can't figure out who you are Mm -hmm. until you're really trying to like see people for themselves yes Yes, dude. I mean, like, and this is why we are given keen eyes for observation, why we learn from others' mistakes, why we learn from not only our own, why we have why we have figures in life that we look up to so that we could, like, pick and choose what we think will give us our best life experience. Because, like, the better that we are with our shit, then we become, a, uh, we become better role models for other people that want to pick and choose from our lives and our mistakes so that they could be better. But... You know, we're flawed humans and we don't know how to like, we don't know how to access like these outlets that could allow us to be healthy people so that we could be the best that we can. We be. don't innately know how to access these healthy outlets. Um, no, no, not at all. No, and unfortunately, dude. in some communities, there are just some that aren't like super available. Like not I said, like not every place is going to have like a painting facility. Not every place is going to have like a Michaels in your in your hometown. No, you, know you can't I mean? pick up arts and crafts, right? You can't play like not every place is going to have like a, a safe basketball courts where you could do uh, pick up games and just like find out your passion for basketball. Earlier, you said like trying to provide the best life experiences Mm -hmm. and i don't think that we have to well i mean maybe after a certain point when you're able to provide things you know praying to god that one day you get there that you're able to have an expendable income and provide things for yourself but like life's going to provide plenty of experiences and it's on us to like decipher it and like draw whatever meaning we we can from there like we talked about the other day like it's all about our reaction right yeah it's not about the stimulus it's about how we react to whatever is given to us exactly and and that's like uh, i think Going back to like uh, uh, the male stereotype of deflecting, right? It's like we don't even allow ourselves to acknowledge the feeling and consequence um, because we're afraid of uh, of 
appearing a certain way. How can I? Absolutely, this? we are so terrified. Guys are terrified of, and I'm saying this because this is me. Of I, th- I consider myself, I consider myself a good guy. I consider myself trying, mm-hmm. right? Especially now, I consider myself trying very hard. That's good, and it's very scary to be confronted with the exact opposite. And I'm speaking specifically to romantic, intimate relationships. Um, A very, very smart person that I know said this to me. They said that whenever, like this is is a female friend of mine. Mm -hmm. She said that whenever any of her girlfriends have gotten hurt by a guy, Mm -hmm. it's normally because the guy's too cool to talk about his emotions. He's just too cool. You know what I mean? The same like, no, it's it's, it's whatever. It's no big deal. It's crazy. Like that's... That's when that's when you get that's when you you can hurt people by not being vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, because you need a level of transparency so that we could healthily communicate well, that's with what anyone. We all want that's what we all want. Like yeah. even if even if you're that guy, that's like your your girlfriend's coming at you and they're like, "Well, I don't know why you did it like that. I don't know why you spoke with that tone." Mm-hmm. And because you're just like, "Oh, like why is she acting this way?" Yeah, putting it on 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 her, it's her reaction, and, yes. you're, and you're not responding to how you're reacting to yeah, this. Yeah. Well, I'm not ready to admit anything. You still crave. Excuse me. That bond, that genuine connection, you get it from your guy friends that you fix your cars with on the weekend, or that you play video games with every night. Yeah. You crave that inter- that 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 bond, that connection. It just looks different, mm-hmm. and it's difficult to navigate all of these different connections and all of these different bonds. Um, it's almost like code switching, you know. Like you have to have mm-hmm. a different dialogue, and you have to have a different vocabulary when you're talking to your platonic guy friends as opposed to your your romantic intimate relationships yeah. or even um, just your other intimate relationships like your family, you know, yeah. or you're like really close friends or like your, your brother, sisters, aunts and uncles um, or cousins. Um, I think the, the vocabulary looks a little bit different. You can be authentic in all those ways, but the ability to navigate them and talk through them is tough and you have to like, really sit and reflect on all of those individually like Mm -hmm. how do i be the most authentic version of myself with my friends and with my family how do i connect to where i'm not hiding or i'm not afraid to show parts of myself i mean you don't have to go and tell like your grandma about like all the people you're hooking up with on the weekend you know but you should as a person be able to um have that dialogue with another human being that you're related to you know like there should be some crossover like for instance again drawing from like my own life like um so i'm just talking about like other things but grandparents right like it's tough for us to like have that connection with with grandparents i know i do like sometimes my grandpa will tell me stories and he'll just like go on this long lecture and the moral of the story is don't judge a book by its cover at least you never know when someone's gonna help you out and it's like thank you but i kind of know that already you know yeah like like so the life lessons like that and i for the most part yeah you know he wants to feel like he's imparting them on us and so i allow him to like have that space where he can like tell me stuff because i know he wants to like feel responsible for like passing on things to us and um uh and i allow it uh obviously because i love the guy and i want him to feel heard and i want him to feel valuable like you know i'm valuing his time and everything that he wants to share with me but at the same time like that's not necessarily like what we bond over like we do a lot of like manual labor me and my grandpa together yeah. Yeah. and that's like goes back to like the stressful situations right like it's freaking hot we're pulling weeds yes. you know or we're moving stuff inside of a shed but we're doing it because of my grandpa man and like yeah. i gotta help this guy out you know um completely forgot my point to like oh connecting with connecting with people connecting with like generational gaps 
and um, being multifaceted as a person. Like if you're only going to work, talking the bullshit to your work friends, yeah. and then going out on the weekends and doing that, and that's your personality, like there's room for growth there. I'm not saying it's bad. There's just room for growth. Mm-hmm. Like, like every person is capable of so much, but I do think that, and this is also speaking from like experience, like I limit myself to what I think I can do, to what I think I'm capable of, right? We all get tired. I think I have limits. And a lot of times I think I hit those. Um, but like as humans, like I said, like you are so strong, you are so tough, um, that you can handle it. Like, like you will find those limits and you learn to push past them. No, like that's where, that's where the growth is and finding, finding your limits is uncomfortable. And when I mean finding your limits, I mean putting yourself out there, seeing how, um, picking up a new hobby and putting yourself in like uncomfortable situations and like initiating something or, um, I mean, trying something new, trying something old, picking up an old instrument, riding your bike again. Yeah. Um, these ways, or or even like calling up your grandparents, you making that phone call. I yeah, I connect with with that especially like um, because uh, it's it's imp- I, we we constantly limit ourselves because like uh, it's a lot of fear. It comes from fear. Well, we live in a day and age where everything's so instantaneous. We get instantaneous satisfaction from every single TikTok video or Instagram reel, right? And to pick up a hobby that takes work, then that takes work, and then the gratification is delayed. To uh, to communicate with your with a loved one or someone that you haven't spoken to, you have to pick up the phone, you have to like dial, and you have to go through. To build a that relationship is going to take weeks, yeah. months. Something I've uh, I've been trying to get really good at is like when someone crosses my mind, and I am like, I wonder what that person's up to. And usually people have that kind of thought and mm-hmm. they're just like, I hope they're good. And then they just yeah. go about their fucking day. Yeah. What I've been trying to get good at is like, oh, I have their phone number. <laughs> I could text <laughs> this individual. So like with you specifically, if we're going to use us as an example, um, I had a, a friend because um, for some context, uh, listeners, um, Elias is an improviser, an impeccable improviser. One of my favorites that I've had the honor of improvising with in the past. I've known you for about a decade, over a decade now. <laughs> Um, on a yeah. last minute uh, call, I had uh, I had to host and MC an acapella event at UC Davis, the college that I went to, and it's I couldn't do it by myself. I had a co-host I dropped um, last minute, and so I had to get someone. You uh, accepted the offer a day or two prior. Yeah, you came to uh, Davis two hours prior to the event. We made some improvised set we, list. We sat down at a Panera Bread literally yes. out, like hours before yeah. the event. We're just like, okay, before we announce this group, we're going to have this kind of skit. We're going to do this and like, you know, we're going to announce them this way. Impeccable <laughs> job, impeccable performance. We made memories. Prior to that, we had been on like uh, two improv teams before and we had exchanged like, a, you know, we'd exchanged memories that way. But that was like a true bonding moment because that was the pressure of just you and me last minute performing in front of a bunch of college students that uh, are strangers, essentially. Because of that, like we've created some memories. I had someone uh, a few months ago send me a Snapchat memory from 2017 saying, (laughs) yo, look at you and Elias doing it was like this whole thing. If I still have it, I'll put it up. Um, it's, I don't know what it was, but it was you and me just like, uh, scooting closer to each other and you like 
<laughs> like touching Iron my Vegas. cheek and me brushing your your my hair your right hair behind, behind your ear. ear and everyone's just yelling like kiss 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 <laughs> kiss and then the video ends beautiful comedic chemistry that we had for you know for not being as close as we really were right that's uh because i wouldn't say i wouldn't classify as like close individuals we had exchanges we'd performed with each yeah. other but we never wrote... yeah, yeah yes yeah. right with that being said after my friend had sent me that video i had immediately thought what a good time i wonder what he's up to <laughs> And easily, like anyone else in the world, I could have put my phone back in my pocket and gone about my day. Mm. I was just like, dude, I have Elias's number. Sent the video to you. Asked you what you were doing. You said you were moving back to the Bay Area in May. That's right. Boom, it's June. We're recording a podcast. We caught up properly at a pizza pirate yesterday. (laughs) We're doing the damn thing and we're checking in on each other and we're catching up. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you sending me that and I remember completely forgetting about that because Mm. like it was such a fast like it was very immediate like i forgetting I, about the perform the us hosting that event i remember we did it i do remember a lot of specifics i mm. remember the bart joke that we did and like we were oh, like we were pantomiming on, we it were pantomiming like, us being on bart basically a silent scene yeah and then i just remember like liking that bit for some reason and then i remember the alumni singing killing me softly at the end that mm-hmm. was just like a really cool fun moment mm-hmm. and then like and then i also remember now that i'm thinking about it being in like the in like next to the stairs like in the the green room the backstage yeah and then just being like okay what what the hell hell is this one again yeah going back (laughs) that is so empowering like leaving the stage after the the crowd is applauding and like laughing you we did that we like we created positivity in this room full of like a hundred college students go back into the green room immediately smiles into like looking at the set list all right what are we doing next okay we have about yeah laser focus they have like a nine minute set we have nine minutes to kind of like think about what we're gonna say we just we only talked about this once we're gonna figure it out it's really mostly bullet points it was really yes. mostly boom 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 out and boom, that's boom, the boom, power out. of improv if anything we were given more tools than improvisers are usually given bullet points yeah actually yeah. we were given a skeleton of well because we were hosting it wasn't specifically improv like we exactly. had that in our tool belt so if we needed that to move the event along as hosts mm-hmm. or MCs of the show like we could we pulled it out and I'm very sure like we did at some points like only have like one or two bullet points or just like an out and then just like went with whatever was like at the top of our heads but um, I just yeah hmm. no there were a lot of moments where just like we didn't anticipate this at all I remember that I didn't anticipate anything going that well. I I, do not, I did not anticipate the crowd being so receptive to whatever so good, it is we were doing. Dude. We had some real brown boy energy that day. Mm, for real. Very brown boy. And UC Davis, that's the kind of energy they want, dude. <laughs> there was a specific bit that you'd come up with and it was crazy how how much we were able to stretch it out. But you said, "Hey, let's just go out there." <laughs> Ask the audience like just pick on an audience member like uh, okay uh Elias and I we had just really recently brushed up on a bunch of like uh historical texts so we know how every single invention in the world was made so raise your hand oh, yeah. tell us about like give us an object and we'll tell you like about that and then you were impeccable you provided this template for me to kind of play the game with quote unquote and like piggyback on because like I you were like okay that. all right uh you in the front and they're just like I don't know what they said ladle and you were just like oh well the ladle right the history of the, the history of the ladle back in 1670 there was a French entrepreneur known as like Jean-Jacques Francois well, Jacques John. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And then uh, he had uh, he had this issue with a regular uh, conventional spoon. Mm-hmm. Did not pick up the right amount of volume of soup that he had preferred. So 
so on and so forth. Yeah, so on and so forth up until like the eventually of the ladle. That honestly, oh man, I forgot about that. Dude, impeccable. And like, it's just like. That's just a lot of fun, dude. That's so, so fun. So much fun. So much fun. It's so much fun to be like on the edge like that, man. To be like, to just like, to just like pull it out of your ass. It's so much fun that, and I didn't realize this until I moved to Chicago. I was talking to somebody. Um, when I was in Chicago, I saw a lot of improv. Chicago's yeah. like almost the mecca of improv. Um, I would consider it there. That's where improv was invented. Mm -hmm. There's like so many theaters you out there. You did Second City, man, and that is like an incredible feat. Thank you. To have performed and to have produced two shows in in Second City, right? They were in studio theaters, so they technically weren't a Second City production. I feel like I need to legally say that, but they were in... Um, uh, Piper's Alley, which is the building, the address that the second city is in. Nonetheless, man. Thank you. Even with that preface, that is an incredible feat. But um, uh, I feel like that game was actually just like a game that I learned at Second City where we just like invent, like you get an object and you just like create the history of it. Um, but you, this was, this show that we'd hosted was prior to you leaving for Oh, then Chicago. it wouldn't have been, how did I come up with that? No clue, dude. You, you figured it out. I don't know, something at the Panera Bread that we sat down at and it inspired you. To say, like, this is what we're going to do. It's just like, you know, just call for inventions. Well, you said I came up with it behind, like, backstage, and I was like, let's just do this. Like, I don't know if it was backstage or, or if it was Panera at the Panera Bread. Bread. However, I mean, everything we came up with was within the span of, like, two hours prior to the opening of the show. I, like, knew what I felt, but I couldn't put any words to it until I went to Chicago. Learned a lot about improv, you know, learned a lot about myself and life mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But um, I went to the Second City, went to IO, The Annoyance, um... There, and there's so many more comedy clubs. There's this one uh, improv club um, uh, uh, theater on the north side called The Bug House. And if anyone's in Chicago, definitely check out The Bug House. It's a really small, intimate venue. But the quality there is through the roof. Mm -hmm. I, like you see just like seasoned veterans, people that have been doing it for years, years, decades. And it's so slow and methodical. Yeah. And and um, what's the word? Like good it's like it's like um you're really like watching people discover things in the moment and they're so calm and collected and playing to the top of their intelligence and all of the vernacular you hear for improv of good improv and i was talking to one of the guys there named pat who's been doing it for um i don't even know god knows how long um he was like i was like i asked him like what what keeps you doing it because mm -hmm. these guys it was it was men in their men and women in their 30s 40s 50s they were just doing it just to do it yeah. and i feel like a lot of times when people get into improv cuz improv was originally an actors medium it's made for stage performance to like get into character yes. and like set up stuff so a lot of people i think consider improv as a milestone to get to something else was it del close that created it specifically as its own medium. Del Close didn't create improv. Improv was created by a number of students that were studying at the University of um, Chicago. And they were I th they were all actors. And they came together and decided to make this tool that was originally for stage actors to like get into character. And they were like, this can be something on its own. Yeah. So this happened in like 19 1952, I think, is the year that improv was specifically invented. Which it still is young. It's not even not even 100 years old yet. Crazy, no. man. Yeah, right? You would think that like someone back in the day would have just been like, we love theater, but let's just do it on the fly. Right. Right. And no, like, let's do, it, let's do it for comedy. It'd be right? terrifying for an actor to, to do it without a script. So mm -hmm. these guys took improv and did it as comedians instead yes. of actors. Yes. But improv is still first and foremost an actor's tool. Um, 
and it's so much more now. It's like, and people are still figuring out things to do with it. It's like so freaking cool. It's like well, something to put scene. on your resume. I mean, like think about like uh, a lot of the movies that are being made today. A lot of the Judd Apatow films. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Seth Rogen films. They they have a a skeleton of a script where there's just so much room for improvisation. And if you don't have that skill in your your tool belt, then we we can't use you, mm-hmm. man. Like think about Super Bad, think about all of the quips that were thrown between Seth Rogen and Bill Hader as the as the uh, as the silly cops. Think about like the the TV show New Girl. A lot of those are just improvised. Even, even quips. out of that, there's I mean, you can go on YouTube right now and type in like top ten improvised moments in, in movies. Yes. And you're gonna see Robert De Niro, Joaquin Phoenix, Leonardo DiCaprio improvising. Yes. It doesn't have to be comedic improv, but like just being living and breathing as this character, it will create something so beautiful. I was talking to this guy named Pat who'd been doing it for years, mm-hmm. and I really liked this guy. Um and I was like, what keeps you doing it, man? Because like these guys were doing it just for the sake of doing it. They're like, we do improv because it's just fun for us. Yeah. And I was like, what keeps you sticking around, man? And he said it, he said it was the, he likes the not knowing. He said he, li- mm, he likes, of course. he likes the, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. He likes that. And I didn't realize that I liked that too until he said it. You know what improv to me is? And it, it, it's flirting, dude. Hmm. It, it's, it's the fucking oxy Tocin, right? Is that what we called it? The flirting, yeah, that's the love hormone. Yeah, yeah or the love chemical. Yeah. That's what it is to me because it's the not knowing. I'm flirting with the audience. I'm flirting with my scene partner because we're discovering. It's 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 definitely it's different. So like people, I feel like a lot normally in life are, and maybe okay. So just speaking from personal experience, I think there are times when I am not my authentic self. Mm. I'm afraid of the unknown, right? Of course, because I'd like to think that I know everything, right? Or like I know this person, I know people, I know myself. But then the unknown things I don't know. Like in under a context like that make me really afraid. But when I'm improvising, it's like completely different. There's like a love. Like mm. I wanna not know what's mm. gonna happen next. It's being being so in the moment, I I don't know the next thing yeah. I'm going to We're say. We're discovering together, dude. That's the beautiful part. As opposed like, you know, scripted things are are, are great because it is this We're not crafted thing. Anything. Not knocking to that mm. at all. But like there is something about like me doing a scene with you, not expecting for me to like say the certain thing. You loving what i just said but also you discovering something about your character and about what you're gonna say with that and like you know i heard keegan michael key on inside the actress studio describing improv ah, as you seen that one i've seen that oh, one oh it's yes. gorgeous inside good the act- not it's an is it inside the act no it's, it's the black and white it's, it's the black and white uh interview right yeah with um it's not inside the actress studio that's with james lipton but uh this other one is behind the camera I think something like that yes anyway I remember Keegan Michael Key describing improv as like backing up it's like we're us and we're really close and as we speak dialogue we're creating the world right? yes. we're discovering things we're slowly backing up and like seeing the big picture of what's going on mm-hmm. and then he describes talking about like finding the rules right like finding the roles like yeah. you're this role I'm that role and then we just like find those guidelines and then we play within the guidelines yeah, yeah, once yeah. we figure out that game relationship the location etc 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 yeah I'm assuming that a lot of the listeners are already familiar with improv or like yeah 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 because we since we do it at the end of the day and since Alejandro and I have spoken with other guests that are improvisers uh shout out to uh improviser guests that have come on what i've been trying to do side tangent is collect every member of dragon viper cobra that i've improvised with like pokemon cards yeah exactly exactly just catch them and like we've been getting we've been doing pretty good so yeah. i mean you're another uh, addition to that anyway sure sure 
Um, it is. I like that backing up and discovering the world slowly but surely. I mean, there's lots of ways we could talk about like improv and like dissect it and like break it down, man. Um, do you just want to do it? <laughs> We've covered a lot of things that I really like talking about already in this podcast. No, this is like an awesome. Ep- it's this is um, this is a conversation we would have without any of these things on, and like I I could not have asked for anything better. Cool. I love talking about like life, these deep conversations about like who we are and like life's journey. We've talked about summer camps. I could talk for hours just on <laughs> summer camps. I've been told by people that I should start a podcast that's about summer camps and I'm not going to do it because <laughs> there's just not, I don't feel like there's enough people that go to summer camps that would listen to a podcast about Episode summer camps. Episode 147. But there's so much stuff that happens at summer camps. Summer camps are such like a microcosm of like, of like a time. You, I'm so unfamiliar, but yes. You've never been to a summer camp before. Nah, dude. Yeah, hey, that's fine man to each their own no i'm not, not knocking it i'm okay. just like i've never had the opportunity every single summer i was just like i've and the thing you is know. you might not like it it's not for everybody i'm sure it'd be really nice to have some structure and like a sense of camaraderie while away from a place a where you already have structure and camaraderie that is school but there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens at summer camps and a lot of really cool teachable moments um not every not every summer camp is built the same and not every summer is the same uh-huh. um but yeah, uh, um, yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of really cool stuff on this podcast. No, this Life, is awesome. Summer dude. camps, improv, those are like the big three things. You made like, it very two easy. More things that I'm, yeah, me. You made it very easy. It's just like um, I know that already from the bottom of my heart, this is one of my favorite episodes. It's <laughs> unlike it's unlike any other episode that I've recorded. Um, you know, one it's without Alejandro and it's kind of just like a one-on-one, but it's not an interview. I didn't have to interview at all. Um, and I, I kind of love that dude. So thank you for going on this. Thank you for having me on. I of feel, course, dude. um, I didn't realize like how big of a deal this was until like before I came here. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, Christian's inviting me onto his podcast. And, yeah. like, and then I got here. I was like, oh, I'm going to be on a podcast. Like, oh, okay. Really? Oh, because you were saying like, I don't know if it's nervousness or excitement. Like we'd just spoken. In. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. I was a little, uh, I guess, apprehensive, nervous and excited. Mm. To, like how I was going to like come across, or, like what I was going to sound like, or even what we were going to talk about. But honestly, just like knowing you and our relationship, I just yeah. feel so comfortable around you, Christian. We have a vice versa dude i feel safe to be stressed out around you like i'm excited to like get into something you know shout out to being males being safe (laughs) with each other shout out just being safe in general man. dude yeah like uh, hey for the listeners out there just find people that you feel safe with that's actually like that's in all seriousness for the listeners out there find something that makes you feel safe yeah whatever that may be a waifu pillow Mm -hmm. we don't judge about that i am speaking from personal experience oh do you have a waifu pillow no no, um, you've 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 I noodled want one. with one. Yeah, before. yeah, I would definitely want one. Just like those you've never. So like before, they long pillows have existed for a long time. But to put an animated female sexualized character on there is the modern invention. I and this is just me being honest. And uh, I have canoodled with pillows that did not have anime characters on them. That's that were fine. the same length as um, those waifu pillows. But I've never canoodled with a pillow that had an anime with a waifu pillow period yeah i think that might be your next step <laughs> is to like you know that's what i'm missing out on we've, we've been talking about growth i think i'm gonna stick with real people uh, <laughs> or real people if you have access to like a, someone that will consent for you to like you know be to cuddle them like a like a body length pillow but an actual body go right on ahead dude <laughs> go right if on that's ahead. your thing whatever you have it. access to and as long as it's within legal limits do it as long as you feel good and as long as they feel good and you grow from it that's what I want you to take away from this podcast. So you ready to do an improv scene, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, highly irrelevant. 
Hey, Todd, Barry got those numbers. Dude, he is pissed off. Did you hear? I heard him screaming from the office. I just didn't know, like, it'd be that bad. Yeah, it's bad. His wife left, his wife left him. His, uh, uh, he's really going through it. So, because of the numbers, his wife left him? Well, he that's on top of his wife leaving him. He got the numbers for the business. Now he's got to do the reports. And oh, so we're all going to be in the office with him. Well, he's going to have to give it to to our cfo mark and he's just gonna like not he's gonna get you he's gonna get yelled at dude but dude i got like i have like other obligations to do i mean it's it's well we're all signing this card for him because like we're kind of like seeing it coming so if you want to like sign something in like put like a nice little like um I note mean, in there for him he'd really appreciate it what do you like do you think we should be like consoling him for his wife leaving him or that's what i just... did um you can put it next to mine i was like sorry your wife left you better luck in the future you know okay how about like can i say sorry for the numbers is that weird because like i i'm adding to the numbers i'm, I'm a employee at this company <laughs> i feel like it's a lot i mean look at the rest of the card everyone's really talking about his wife if you talk if you bring up the numbers okay right here so just like um well, this one's from just Wayman. be like capitalizing on everything else that's wrong in his from life. wayman sorry your wife left she was super hot um and that's yeah that one's tough wayman has like a lack of filter i missed that one yeah no Mm. that was just like that's in the top left corner and his handwriting's really bad uh this one's from rodrigo it says sorry your wife left you she was super hot and like it's just like it just seems that like everyone's just speaking about her objectively how did i miss all of those i don't know what did you write I was sorry about your wife leaving you. Better luck in the future. That's good. But I thought that was very appropriate really for good. the card. I can't believe everyone's just commenting on how hot his wife is. Yeah, no. Well, no, 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 no. Here's the one. Oh, wow. That's crazy. How did I miss that? Even the custodian, um, uh, Sam, like, wrote into He's it. so nice. He's so nice. And it says, your wife was really hot. I'm sorry she left you. Oh, my so God. So it differently. He came over to my daughter's birthday party. He wrote that? Yeah, he wrote that. It's crazy. So I mean, should I just keep going? I kind of don't want to give this card to him anymore. I don't know. Maybe we should. I got to take this card and then go back around. Here, write something. Write it, write, write your piece, and then we can have two good examples to show to the, everyone else. Okay. All right. Hey, sorry that the numbers were so bad. Your wife also left, which sucks. Which sucks. Yeah. You, I don't think you need to say that kind of like a given. It's, it's a given. You already wrote it. Okay. Like there we go. You know. Dash Christian. All right. You didn't write anything about his... his... That sounds good to me. That sounds okay, good. That I sounds mean, I could write a PS. I could write a no, PS. No, 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 no. I could write a PS. If anything, we're going to come out of this and Mark's going to be the only one wanting to talk to us. All right. I and wrote, that's okay. I wrote something in the PS. Okay. There you go. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. He's been such a good friend around the office. He's been really good. His energy's been really nice, which is so weird when you see him screaming and yelling from his office, man. Yeah. Do you Just, think Do you think the cover's too much for this card? No, I love that it's an old man like hiding a laugh saying, like, did I do that? I thought it, I thought he'd think it'd be funny, you know, get his get himself out of his head for um, everything. Try and like take the whole thing less seriously. Yeah, no, definitely, because it would have been like really sad if you got a card that said, "Sorry, your wife left you." It was between this one and um, a chihuahua in a sombrero. Yeah, that would have been like that's saying this is not your problem anymore. Oh, that's a really good. You know what I saw the other day in Hallmark? Hmm. It was a. It was coincidentally another chihuahua wearing a sombrero. Those are everywhere. They're everywhere. Everywhere. But it was hilarious just, card, by the way. That's a yes, hilarious cover. Just, but it was like a bad Latin food pun. Uh-huh. Just like I don't know what you talk about.
And I don't. It's just it was like that was in the hall. What section was that under in Hallmark? Probably near the one that were you probably got in the back. I got mine in the feel better section. <laughs> I mean, mine was probably like I don't know comic relief section. Do they have that in Hallmark? What Hallmark are you going to where there's a comic relief? The section? one on Seventh and 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 and, and Rod. There's a comic relief section in that Hallmark. <laughs> Who would need a comic relief? Call okay, no, not to think about it. Well, when your this life's getting, when like. your hot wife leaves you, you might need some, some comic, comic relief. relief. Well, think about what Mark's hearing all the time. Mark's hearing, "Sorry, your wife left you. She was hot." Literally, what's written in the card. <laughs> yes, a lot of people wrote that in the card. I don't think that that's like really what he needs right now. I no. mean, I, I thought about having everybody reach in the card, but that kind of sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. And I'm not even going to be the one handing this to him. Janine's going to be the one handing this to him. Uh, Janine's so a good choice. Yeah, he's going to be. It's going to be a choice. lot better coming from her than coming yeah, from me. Yeah, no, she's very wholesome. She has like her fam. She has a family. It's really put together. And she they have history too. Like they used to like work together. Like Janine and Mark were considered like you know work wife and husband. So, like, oh, it's one of be those. Best. What do you think about that? Like, it's just like, do you think that could have been like a reason why his wife left? Because he was getting so comfortable with Janine here. It could be. It could honestly, be insecurity honestly probably. He's been spending a lot of time at the office. Can you read what she read, wrote in the card? Yeah, sure. Janine wrote, hey, Mark. Sorry to hear about it. Good thing you're a guy. Suck it up. That's not good. What? That's, not That's really kind of rude. Good. That's like sexist. Yeah. Wow. Maybe it's like a, oh, no, 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 no. You know what it is? But, they know each other. They know oh. each other. So it's like, it is like a comic relief kind of thing. I oh. sure hope. You think so? I don't know if I know the relationship enough to like judge it from that far away to like really assume they do seem like i mean they like they see like they always have lunch together they always hang out i never yeah, thought it was yeah, anything yeah. But like more than they share sandwiches i know that like they have this little game like where like if he leaves his sandwich untouched for a while she'll just grab and be like too late you're just watching them eat sand exchange sandwiches well you know sometimes like my lunch ends earlier than his and i'm like waiting like to give him his my numbers and like i just see them kind of like doing that it's like you so you watch them on your lunches? Well, no, just at the end of my lunch, I just happened to see it. I don't watch them. What else have you seen? I mean, I just saw that they were like sharing sandwiches, and then like I don't know. Sometimes like she'll just like uh, you know buy bite you know it's it's every day that he she bites into his sandwich. He's biting into his sandwich. Biting into his. They're sandwich. fucking. They're definitely. You think fucking. they're fucking? They're th they're a thousand percent having sex. They're if just sharing. I mean, just sandwiches. like every single day, she bites into his sandwich. Does it leave each other's hands, or do they, are they feeding each other? Well, no. I mean, like he holds. He, he stays holding on to it because, like, he's. What I'm thinking is he's trying to hold on to his own sandwich. He's on. Who's on his sandwich? Or he's holding on to her sandwich. I mean, like sometimes, like when he, he loses grasp of his own sandwich, then he'll grab her sandwich and start eating it as like a ha ha. I, got I am you. so confused right now. He loses grasp of his. He's <laughs> dropping his sandwich on the way to his mouth. Yeah, she's a she's a strong. Janine's very strong. I wouldn't like underestimate that finger grip of her. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's working to leave and join the IFBP. Yeah, the IFBP is a big deal. A lot of paperwork. International female body IFBBP international female body protection. Body building. She's gonna be a bodybuilder. Bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's she's really strong. She is really strong. And so like she grabs it away from him, and. Once he has loses grasp of it, he grabs her sandwich, and now they're just eating each other's they're sandwiches. They're fucking. They're definitely. You fucking, think dude. they're fucking? I, they're, they are thousand percent having sexual well, intercourse with each other. Well, just maybe it's possible that like. And you know now that you say that, it totally makes sense now that I think about it. Why? Because they've always had their lunch breaks off together. Yeah. And. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. How's it going? 
What a fucking snitch. This guy gossips all the time. Yeah, dude, he's yeah, always talking about everybody. You can't tell, you can't tell lips, from anything, dude. Loose lips. Yeah, man. They're definitely fucking. They always have their lunches together. Yeah. And I swear to God, I see, I've seen, I didn't want to say this at the beginning, but I've seen Mark, um, what's it called? He's got a little flask in his office. He keeps oh, it in his drawer. That's not good. We yeah, all know that, that. Like you. And yeah. the other day, I went through his, I went through his drawers, and you know, so he's got like two sides. One yeah. of them has like papers and stuff, and the other one's empty. The oh. other side of his drawers are just empty. There's nothing in them. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. You would think of a, a man of that like power and with his own office. Yeah, I was just like he just like wasn't in the office that day, and I was like, I just wonder what's in his office. So yeah. I just was like snooping around and like normal. going through his stuff. Completely normal. And yeah, it's like left's not weird. It's weird. That's suspicious. Yeah, they might be fucking, dude. I yes, they're a thousand percent having sex. What well, you know? What I think that's, that is? Oh, why? The empty drawer in his office. Why? That's probably where he keeps his condoms. And since there's no more condoms there, he's been using them. They're fucking, dude. Yeah, they're a thousand percent having sex. It has to be the condom drawer. Should we put write this in the card? We should write that. Give me that fucking <laughs> card, dude. Cross, crossing, crossing out. <laughs> You're crossing out everybody else's words in the card. Here, I got a sharpie. Black it out so I can't see it at all. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even matter what they say anymore. Because guess what? We got to the bottom of we it. No, we're gonna get promotions. Fuck, dude. If he get, we're gonna get promotions. If he loses his job, then that job's open. He's got yeah. a corner office. Yeah, he's got the corner. And both of us could get that position. That office is big enough for two people. You sure? Yeah, I think so. I think we could make it work. Yeah, we can make it work. We, I, we got those dividers that we could use if yeah. we get like tired of each other. Yeah, listen, if we're sharing an office, yeah. I want you to know there's nothing I would do to like hurt your chances like at this job. No, or in this and vice versa, dude. I don't really talk to anyone else but you, man. Yeah, you're like my only friend here. I swear I, to God. I like trust you, man. Yeah. We, we have this bond. Yeah, I would never, I would never stab you in the back. Yeah, I ever. would no, never do that, dude. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Like, no, but we just have to do this to Mark because that's kind of wrong. Yeah. And it's wrong of Janine, And it's dude. wrong for, like, people to not know this stuff. You know, the yeah. people need to know. We're doing, like, the public, a, a, like, a, a service here. Yeah, because, you know, society today just filters everyone, and we have to be the exactly. filtered exactly. heroes. And here we are, like, yeah. uncovering the truth, you yeah. know? And now we've got all this truth that the, that, that, that people want to know. Yeah. It's like we're, it's like we're journalists, it's you know? It's crazy. You know what? It's like we're journalists okay, in the Okay, let's office. write this down right now. Hi, Mark. That's Actually, good. That's a good start. That's a good start. No hello from us because we know exactly what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, we know. Yeah, your empty cabinet, we know. Yeah. Janine, we know. Mm -hmm. You guys have been canoodling for the longest time. We've seen the sandwiches. Right. What else should I write? Is this like well articulated? Um, we covered the empty dress. We covered uh, the dress. The dresser. We covered the sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. And I guess tell him, tell him there's nothing you can do about it. And there's nothing you can do about it. We've already reported it to HR. Yeah. And, you know, originally we were sorry about your wife leaving you, but now we understand why your le wife left you. I got to tell you, I feel really good. I feel this like a huge good, weight dude. off of my shoulders you know, by writing this I, we've down. Just like, you know, these office type jobs are not that fulfilling, no. but not all heroes wear capes when you are uncovering the truth. God, that's such a beautiful thing. I think I think we should give this to Mark. Yeah, Janine's going to give it to Mark. Oh, Janine, even better. Yeah. They can find out together. She's already signed it, too, so like yeah. she's not going to like read through it again. Perfect. Okay, I think it's ready to give okay. to Janine to give to Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Scene. Yeah. I didn't want to play Janine and Mark. No, no, no. I think we've entered that world. I felt really good about that. That felt good. Yeah. We found game. We found we found like a little pattern. We we uh, uh, were grounded. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a little absurd at first, but it's okay. We had to figure out the world, and I'm sorry. We figured out the world. We figured out the world. It was a colorful world yes. with characters. We had a relationship. 
um, we knew a little bit about ourselves. Like we've just been working together. And that working we together for friends. a long time. And also just trying to be heroes in the office. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. We're the office gossips who are who are hell bent on getting forward like by any means necessary. Yes, it's a good trope. That was a good yeah, I could see that being a sketch for sure. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. We found the perfect dismount, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dismount. We, we, <laughs> we stuck the landing. This was this has been a beautiful journey. Thank you for having me on, Christian. I really had a great time. Thank here. you for coming on. Thank you for catching up with me. Thank you for having an authentic conversation with me and doing mm-hmm. some very authentic improv. What was that noise? Did you hear that? It sounded like something fell over. It's really windy outside. Uh, probably that. Well, I hope everyone's safe. Nonetheless, thank you very much, dude. Uh, Elias Martin, uh, Baddies listeners. He is an improviser um, and. Dude, hopefully we'll be performing in something in the near future. There's we'll be no doing hopefully. something. It's only a matter of time. Fuck yes. Very excited. Um, I will leave that for the baddies to take. For the baddies is my listener base. That's what I call it. <laughs> the Christian Baltazar's baddies. My baddies. Yeah, y'all my baddies. Um, we're, dude, you want them to find you on social media? Are you a social media entity at I'm all? I'm honestly not super active on social media That's i recently just fine. changed my instagram if you i mean like yeah uh i mean i said like i said like i guess i'm an open book if you guys want to follow me sure elias llc on instagram that's oh. basically it that's like uh-huh. the only social media i have okay and i'm not even doesn't even i don't even have my phone i log in on the computer like every now and again to like check up on things wow yeah. okay all right well i mean do you want to plug anything it doesn't have to be your own thing do you want to like yeah give a plug or shout out to something look out for us in the future if you're in the bay area he'll know i'll be talking to christian we're going to be putting together a team and producing shows that are sk- not only improv but sketch comedy dates are to be determined like yes. i said i've only been back i've been back for, from chicago for only a month the yeah. ball's already moving things are in motion just keep your ear to the ground um and th- things will be posted hell yes Listeners, you heard it here. Elias, you are a fantastic human. Thank you for the very enlightening conversation and just like a good company. And until next time, because this won't be the last time, and we'll see you later. Baddies, you know where to find us. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Christian Has Asthma. You could get your merch at icbtb.com. You could uh, DM us. You could email me at uh, icbtbpodcast at yahoo.com. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Um, Take it easy. Have a wonderful day. Elias, thank you very much. And see you later. Bye. It can't be that bad, though. It can't be that bad.